I honestly feel like I'm sitting in front of comedy royalty here. Not Groucho Marx, but an incredible, <laughs> the incredible simulation simulator, Frank Ferrante, who's also now hosting uh, one of Chicago's best-kept secrets, it seems to me, Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire, which is playing just across the street around the corner from the Goodman Theater here in Chicago. Frank, thank you so much for taking time off from your, like, do you have 12 shows a day, a week? How many? I wish. I love to work, so that would be great. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 837, Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire. Cabaret Zazu is an intimate, interactive cabaret Cirque production performed inside a European Spiegel tent on the 14th floor of the Hotel Cambria in downtown Chicago. In addition to live music and Cirque performers from all around the world and a gourmet four-course meal, there's comedy from Frank Ferrante, the award-winning actor and comedian who has famously played Groucho Marx on stages around the world and in the PBS film version of An Evening with Groucho Marx. I spent an afternoon with Groucho, I mean um, Frank Ferrante, this weekend talking about his current gig playing Forte in Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire here in Chicago, and we started with me fumbling around for a way to describe exactly what this show is. This style of um, epic yet intimate kind of vaudeville circus music hall am i describing it correctly you are it and it's it and it's just why it's tough to always communicate what it's about because there's so much to it it really is yeah. a hybrid austin yeah. it's uh it is vaudeville and burlesque and it's it's concert mm. it's interactive it's immersive it's cirque yeah it, there's so much going on here but mostly it feels like to me like a contemporary i guess a contemporary vaudeville yeah and i've always fancied myself oh, i always wanted to be a vaudevillian yeah, it and doesn't feel like we were born just a little bit late for that. Just a tad, just yeah. a tad. And so I yeah. get to to do what my heroes did in the show, which is yeah. to, to take on these larger-than-life characters yeah. and to interact. And every every show is exhilarating because I don't know what's going to happen from night to night. Sure. And that's why I keep coming back because of that unknown. And when you do, a, when I go back to doing a straight play or a musical, I mean, I love I love serving certainly text. Yeah. But there's something just exhilaratingly yeah, moving about doing this interactive form. And yes. yes, it's hard to describe, but it's a fast moving. And in this case, you know, the venue, and you can appreciate this, is in, is stunning. It's yeah. a, it's a hundred year old tent from yeah. Belgium that was shipped in and then lowered from the roof. Three thousand pieces uh, put together, tongue and groove. Wow! And uh, so it has uh, it's from it has this otherworldly and old world mm-hmm. vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't think there's another tent quite like it in the United States. No, I think you see you see it a lot. At, uh, we see it a lot at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Right. Um, uh, but it's usually, it's usually outdoors. And yes, you get up to the 14th floor of the Hotel Cambria yes. here on Randolph in sh- downtown Chicago. Yeah. And, 
I mean, that's one of the part, one of the best kept secrets uh-huh. aspect of it, because you're on the 14th floor of a hotel right. without a huge marquee, so it's hard to you go you don't you come upstairs and you can't believe that this not only this all this entertainment, but this literally this huge tent and all the alcohol right. exists up here on the 14th right. floor. Right, it's a stunning it's a stunning facility. The bar is gorgeous. The lobby is gorgeous. The mm-hmm. interior, the hand carved wood, the stained glass, mm. the chandeliers. It's all part of this ambiance. It's a very yeah. theatrical, beautiful. Yeah. It really is. Spa- it's a spectacular space. But then you're getting acts from the best acts from around the world. We, you know, currently we, you know, that's and, and again vaudeville and burlesque. Yeah. Um, the juggler is from and from you know from Ukraine, for example. Mm-hmm. His wife is a contortionist from Mongolia. Wow. Uh, the the trio of acrobats are from the UK. Yeah. Uh, Liv Warfield, who's from local from Peoria, sang with Prince. I mean, oh ev- everyone is kind of everyone's yeah. top of their at the top of their yeah. game. And so we're all watching each other, Austin. And you know what it's like as a, a veteran of, of, <laughs> of the boards. We're all studying each other. You yeah. know, and they're going, how's Frank going to navigate? This unruly audience, or an audience that may be slightly tipsy or dry, or whatever they happen to be, yeah. or overly effusive. Right. I mean, you know. So my job is to conduct, mm. and I play this host. In this case, it's um, it's it's I'm the only quote unquote character. Okay. It's the premise is it's uh, it's a variety show, and my character, Forte the bellhop, <laughs> is wants to be in show business in in, in a way. He mm-hmm. wants to. He has high aspirations. He wants to be a, a band leader, a conductor. Oh, great! And and this is a this is a a way to get into that. He, he works his way into the show, and I do three comic sets mm-hmm. that amount to about 35 minutes of this two-and-a-half-hour night. So yeah. it's, it's uh, substantial. And so I'm, I'm, and I bring people on stage, yeah. which, which oh. to me is like, people, you know, I, it's, when you're doing it, and you know this, you, you're wondering if it's working, and then it's like, because you're, you're, you know, Steve Martin writes about it so brilliantly in his autobiography about improv and mm-hmm. how everything happens in that one beat. Yeah. You, you know, what, what the, the, the beat before is, is huge. The beat, when you actually do the ad lib or the improv moment, and of course, the, you, know, you got to think, what's, what do you do right after? Yeah. So in one second, it, it, it's hard to explain. He does it beautifully. It's, a lot goes on when you're interacting with people. There's no time to think about it. No. You're literally going with the flow. Yeah. And you're kind of channeling or just, you know, and it's a lot of it's based on on experience, I think. Sure. And, and, and you know, I've had a lot of at-bats, as I know you have, Austin, on stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, you think, you hope the more you do, the better you get. Yeah. And uh, But that's the thrill for me. Is So I'm playing this kind of a, you know, I would say this low end. You know, he's a working, he's a working man. He's yeah. he, His life is service. But which is a, which is appealing to an audience. You oh, get yeah. to you get to see this guy striving and and succeeding. Yes, and he gets yeah. there. He becomes yeah. quite grand, <laughs> and, and by 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 shows and as his name would suggest, yeah. forte of course. And, <laughs> and you know, for me, it's uh, I am playing an Italian character. I'm 100 percent Italian. Three okay. three quarters of my grandparents came from the same town wow. in southern Italy. Wow. My other grand other part of the, the other quarter comes from Sicily, so I'm able to do kind of this kind of vague Italian accent, as I call it, you know, cl- <laughs> close enough, sound like my grand Francis, come here, come here, you know, uh-huh. and um, kind of a modified Chico and uh, Marx, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and so th- I have, I have license to play with, with him and his roots, and, and, uh, you know, you know, it, a lot of it is, um, 
is linked to my own story. You know, it's it's attached to to my past and my family, which makes it very moving. So I, I can be very big and very broad, yeah. but it's but it's uh, the, it's um, anchored with some truth. And yeah. I play a lot of big characters from you know I've, you know a lot of revivals like you know Pseudolus mm-hmm. and and Forum. You know, you have to be, you could be huge, but there has to be. He yeah. wants to be free. Yeah. That's that's not a minor issue. Correct. <laughs> Freedom. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can be big and huge, and but it has to. You have to believe. Like I always believe Zero Mostel. Yeah. I always believe. I don't. Doesn't matter how big and raging he is. It comes from his pain or rage or yeah. hurt. Absolutely. And so I, I've learned from. Well, I've studied those. You know, people like him, and and that that attracts me. Playing these, particularly someone who's by nature was started out as someone. Uh, self-conscious and shy, shy kid. And that's why people like the Marx Brothers were so attractive to me right. because they were they were causing chaos and they were brash and unfiltered. And and, uh, and didn't care did about what care. people think. Yeah. yeah, the fact that wasn't even part of who they were. It's still yeah. marvel. We still marvel at it. Yeah. I watch all the time and go, what is it? Yeah. How did this work in 1920, yeah. 1930? Same with W.C. Fields. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hates children and dogs and we love him. <laughs> and it's you know, completely inappropriate. Right. And yet he's like the number one grossing right. comic of his day. Right. And so you got to look at it. What, what was going on in the world, in the country at that time where the E... What is it about him that made him so appealing? Why do we gravitate, and still gravitate to these personae? Well, there's some, uh, and there, well, there's something too about what you're saying about your character Forte is striving to be better, and 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 this is something we're all striving to do yeah, as artists, right. right? And maybe hopefully as people too. Yes, you know, we're striving to be better, and you're doing it in real time on stage every night with a, a different set of audiences and, and even sometimes different acts depending oh, on the flexibility of the scheduling. It's um, true. So, uh, so I guess, I guess what's, what's great about this gig as opposed to ju- when you're, quote, just acting, you get to use it all. Yeah. All everything you can do and are. Does that's, that feel right? That's true. I mean, I have to move well. Still, I'm jumping off of tables. Wow. I sing in the show. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking on a character. You're so it improvising. Is improvising, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, crowd work, working, working with an audience at table to table, because it still is a sit down scenario. I and mean, this is a full four course meal and a live band. And the food is, I should say, for the record, the food is so much better than it has to be. Oh. It's really great. And, and this time around, it's the best. In the, I've done this forum for over 20 years, Austin. This is the best the food's been. Wow. And this is one of perhaps my favorite experience. It's such a peaceful uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And, and part of it has to do, I think, with the, the theme of the show, which I, my, I play this character who misses being in the old country to a certain extent, where they celebrated the Feast of Forgiveness, La Festa del Perdono. Oh, wow. And so uh, wow. every night I get to say, all is forgiven. And, I, and the audience says it with me, 300 people, Say with me, all is forgiven. So that yeah. becomes a nightly mantra. Yeah. So I keep wondering, why do I feel so peaceful? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, it's about forgiving yourself. Forget. Now it seems a little. I thought at first it wasn't my idea. I can't claim it. Pat Hazel, who wrote for Seinfeld, was also a writer on this, mm-hmm. uh, who I brought in, and um, Dre Weber is the director. So there's three of us, you know, putting this material together. Yeah. Uh, but he came up with it. And I thought, wow, really? It's, who's going to buy this in a dinner? vaudeville scenario and you know what it resonates because we all have a need to be all of us either need to be forgiven or need to forgive or both yeah (laughs) hi 
I'm Ken Ludwig, a playwright and author of Lend Me a Tenor, Crazy for You, Baskerville, and the new book, How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare. And you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? In the first half of 2023, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged in Indiana and Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Reston, Virginia, the McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey, and Basalt, Lone Tree, and now Pueblo, Colorado. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed at Reduced for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with actor-comedian Frank Ferrante, talking about the show he's currently headlining here in Chicago, Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire. You mentioned that uh, you, you wish you'd been a vaudevillian. How much fun then is it to be able to play Groucho and, and not just play him, embody him as you have done for over 20 years? Yeah, well, gosh, I've done this role for over 35 years wow. now, and... Um, and uh, it's, you know, actually, the actual vaudevillians actually dealt with, you know, mm-hmm. poor conditions in terms of housing, uh, tomain poisoning, food, <laughs> being stiffed by producers and managers. Yeah. So I, ne- I never was burdened in that way. But I think I like the romantic notion of it, which is going from town to town mm-hmm. and taking your particular, mm-hmm. s- you know, skill mm-hmm. uh, around the world, in, yeah. and, and uh, which I've been able to do. I've been able to play this particular role since I was 22 years old. That's almost, you know, it's, it's 38 years. And, um, and it began in college, do I have that yeah, right, as a, as a passion project yeah. because you loved Groucho? It, it was. I was a, senior, it was a junior at USC uh, in, the, in the early 80s, mid-80s, and I had a remarkable mentor by the name of Professor William C. White who mm-hmm. said, Frank... What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, what, what do you what are you into? I said, well, I love comedy. I love vintage comedy. I like to, and then I, well, specifically, well, I just saw a one person show about Groucho, and I, I think I could do that. I said, mm-hmm. he goes, well, let's do it. And so basically, he, he granted me eight units to put put together a show, to produce the show, to you know find the writing, write it, or get the script, bring in the director, the musical director, raise wow. raise the money for the rentals. And so, and do the marketing, the publicity. And so early on, I was basically producing a show as a 21-year-old, 22-year-old. And so it started at USC as a senior project. It broke it into church hall the year before where I grew up in Mm -hmm. Sierra Madre, California, near Pasadena. And then the big debut was on the USC campus. And on... At that performance, Austin was Groucho Marx's son Arthur Marx, oh, a playwright. Whoa! Groucho's daughter Miriam, and Maury Riskind, who co-wrote Animal Crackers, Holy A Night at the Opera, and and uh, wrote the screenplay for Coconuts. Yeah. All with along with George Kaufman. Yeah. And so they're all in the audience, and uh, no pressure. <laughs> I was so nauseous going on, like, but you know, you don't know. I didn't know any better. You're a yeah, kid. You just yeah. go out there, and I had nothing but energy, and I remembered everything, and I. Threw in a couple of ad libs, and uh, that was the beginning. And Arthur Marks, who already had a play about his father that I'd seen, mm-hmm. uh, but never played New York or London. He said, "Frank, I ever do, after that night after that performance, Frank, I ever do a show about my father? I'd like to use you." And I went, "Yeah, right." Well, within 
weeks, I was hired to play Groucho, my hero, from age 15 to 85 in Arthur Marx's play, Groucho, A Life in Review. And within a year, we were in New York off-Broadway. And I was 23, Holy playing 85-year-old Groucho. And then it went to, it did what? You played for a year, then went to London. Yeah. Eventually, it was filmed for PBS. And now I tour with the one-man the, the one man version of what I did at USC. I've been doing that for 20-plus years. And to answer your questions, it's such joy to take it around, whether people know him or not. And I don't, I, I, I don't expect audiences to know him, mm. particularly if it's in a regional theater situation, a subscription house where sure. people will go see whatever is offered to them because yeah. they, they subscribe. Yeah. It, I don't ex, you know, maybe 1% or less know who he is. So the show has to work whether you know who he is or not. And right. Again, that's when my facility to improvise comes in handy because yeah. that the show now is about a third improv which you can appreciate yeah is a third of it is improvised which yeah. is joy so i sing funny songs tell stories people get a history lesson about this man that i'm crazy about but it's the improv that sets it apart from a lot of shows that are tooling around yeah. at performing arts centers or in regional theater or even you know west end or new york well and uh, that that celebrates the liveness of live theater because it will be different from yeah. night to night and that's what you get when you buy when you buy your your theater ticket that's yeah. what you get yeah it's another illustration of how certain successful things begin as passion projects. Yes. You do what you love, and hopefully you're able to kind of turn that into something that, is, that becomes long-running. Yeah, absolutely. I was fortunate, and uh, I was just with a kid that does coding. He's in ninth grade. He loves it. I said, well, it's no, we're, no, we're not different. Right. I, said, I just had lunch with him today. Right. And I said, you love what you do? You're set. Yeah. You're not going to work a day in your life. You're going you're gonna to be around like-minded people. So great. And, yeah. and you're never going to be bored. Yeah. I am never. I, even, I don't even like the word. I mean, how can you be bored being on the planet, first of all? Yeah. But if you're fortunate enough to do what you really, really love, there's no end. The joy factor. You can keep studying as you do. You keep re the research is like endless, you know, and that's that's the beauty of what what we, you and I do, Austin. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about sixty seconds. So stick around. Cabaret Zazu's Luminaire plays six times a week at the Hotel Cambria in downtown Chicago. It's a great entertainment for the holidays, but it'll be an amazing treat in January when we will all need to pick me up after the holidays. Go to CabaretZazu.com for more information. Then send us your vaudeville character via email to feedback at ReducedShakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, ReducedShakespeare.com or visit my website, TheShakespeareance.com. You can also follow Frank on Instagram at TheFrankFerrante and the show itself on all the socials at Cabaret Zazu. Thanks, as always, to contortionist, at least of language, Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to S.R. O'Brien. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to playwright and master farceur Ken Ludwig. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Tischner, 837 2511ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. 
I loved what you said about the entire audience of Cabaret Zazu uh, saying all is forgiven yeah. at the end because that's another great point about this show is its intimacy. Yes. This Spiegel tent is only 300 seats. There's not a bad seat in the house. No. It's in the round and uh, uh, it's got to be, I, I urge everybody to see it and it's got to be just huge fun to just do it every night. Oh, it is. And I literally go, I probably speak to every person in the show. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of it, in character. Yeah. And when I bring people on stage, I'm careful to bring those, you know, generally who want to be there. You, know, you never want to bring some up, someone up who's overly enthusiastic. No, you don't. Because they want to be in the star and take over. Yeah. And you, I've gotten pretty good at figuring out who is a, is a good, you know, victim yeah, or right. participant. Yeah. And uh, so mostly it's like, and I always make sure I speak to them after I play with them so they, they're comfortable. Yeah. I want them, my, you know, I'm here to serve them. You want to make them look good. Yeah, and I, and the, their pain to see that, you know, I, I'm very aware yeah. of the sacrifice it takes, particularly yeah. these days, yeah. to get out of the house, to come downtown, yeah. to pay money. It's, yeah. it's, none of it's easy right now, and yeah. people are wary, and and so I want them to feel good. Why not? That's what, you know, it's it's a bit of a party, too, which is great. It's, it really is a celebration, and I feel like I'm, it's like as soon as I walk out there, the party's begun. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.